0: Hello, fam, and welcome back to another episode of The Gear Room. I'm your host, Drew. On this week's episode, we'll be discussing all the potential legislation in the congressional pipeline. That means we'll be discussing H.R. 8, H.R. 1446, and Senator Feinstein's potential gun ban on this week's episode. Let's gear up and dive right in. All right, fam, before we dive into this week's podcast, I want to kind of discuss some things uh, concerning all the chaos that that happened last week. OK, at least within the firearms industry. Right. So we had an H.R. 8. We had H.R. 1446. Uh, and then we had Senator Feinstein throwing in her gun ban legislation. Right. Which is trying to ban everything uh, under the sun. Like I said, before I get into the uh this week's podcast and we start discussing all those issues, I want to make sure that we're going out there and supporting uh the organizations that are going to support us that are going to be fighting for our rights. Okay. So I just want to mention those first before we get into the into the details of everything that went down last week. So uh I'll have links in the description below to all these organizations that we need to go out there and support, ones I think that are worthy of our support. So uh one of my all time favorites is firearms policy coalition. Uh, Gun Owners of America, American Firearms Association, uh, the NRA, and then FRAC. Those are the organizations that we need to be out and putting our uh, putting our weight behind, especially firearm policy coalition, because they're actively having lawyers out there fighting for our rights uh throughout the whole US. And they're not able to do that without our contributions and our support. So definitely one of our one I always support. With my with my hard earned money, is Firearm Policy Coalition. But look into any of these organizations: Firearm Policy Coalition, Gun Orders of America, American Firearms Association. Not a really big fan of the NRA, but we need to support them and keep them strong. Also, and then Frack. Now, many people don't know about Frack, and they're a smaller new organization, from what I can uh, tell. But they are more concerned about protecting firearm manufacturers against the onslaught of of these government regulation and these bills that are trying to get passed so all these companies are not all these companies all these organizations are important and they're important because they're in active support of us so we need to go out and support them in any ways that we can that means financially also i'm trying to figure out a way that we can do a big fundraiser for all those groups because that's important and to bring the community together, like one type of big rally. Uh, I'm just a one man show and a small person, but I love this industry and I love this community and I wanna make sure we're doing the best for for the community and the industry. So that that means by raising awareness, not just within our industry itself and the community, but outside of it, because the narrative for too long has been relegated and controlled by those who do not support us and who know nothing about firearms, so for us to change that, we need to go out there and be proactive instead of reactive. Like I like to say a lot uh, on the podcast on things uh, when it comes in, re, when it comes into concerns in regards to firearms, it is completely up to us. If it, if not up to us, then who? Uh, so we need to figure out ways to support them better to get their message out and to make it not a just a right or left situation because there are many people on right and left that own firearms, but making it a a situation of protecting and maintaining our freedoms. That's what is most important. That's what's being eroded on so many levels nowadays. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. As always, links will be in the description below. Uh, we need to make sure that we're going out supporting these organizations. Like I said, right, Firearm Policy Coalition, Gun Owners of America, American Firearms Association, NRA, and FRAC. All right. So let's make sure we're going out supporting them, keeping them strong, and keeping them in the fight to uh, protect our freedoms. All right. So those are my thoughts on that. All right. And then let's uh, dive right into the first topic of the day, which is going to be HR eight, which is the Bipartisan Background Checks Act of 2021. And we'll get into it from there, guys. Stand by. All right. First on this week's agenda, we'll be discussing H.R. 8 or House Resolution 8, which is a bipartisan background checks act for 2021. It was sponsored by uh, Representative Mike Thompson. Uh, Democrat out of California, fifth uh, district. It already passed the House, as we know uh, from last week. Which was, I knew it was going to pass the House because the Democrats are House heavy and they're all about gun legislation and gun, uh, and gun confiscation and AKA they call it gun reform, but it's not gun reform. They're about confiscation. They're about legislation that leads to confiscation because they don't want us to have our firearms. That's just the nitty gritty, plain and simple of it. But that's what HRA was going to cover. So what HRA in essence is going to cover to to get it to the bare bones of it is it's going to cause background checks for everything that means background checks for privately owned uh firearms between uh, American citizens so if i wanted to privately sell my pistol to another to another person i could not privately i could not privately sell that pistol to that person anymore i would have to go to a uh, FFL so i have to go to a gun store to have them do a background check for me to transfer the ownership of that firearm to that person. Uh I don't like it at all. It's a straight government intervention of you selling your privately owned property. I don't have to go through the government to sell my car. Once I let's say I own my car, let's say I complete my my uh, my term, my my long term of like, you know, four to five years and I buy my car and then I decide to sell my car privately to somebody else, I don't have to go to the government and ask the government, is it okay for me to sell my car to another person? Um, you know what I'm saying? Nothing nothing from the government tells me I have to go to the government and go ask them like, hey, can you do a background check, make sure this guy doesn't have any DUIs or anything like that, uh, to make sure this guy's background's clean so I can sell him this firearm. Uh, I sell him this vehicle, I should say, my apologies. So now they're making this to where I have to sell my, I have to go through my privately owned property to sell my privately owned property. I have to go through an FFL. So this person can get a background check. This is the only priest of privately owned property that we have to do this for. And is a straight infringement of our rights of our second amendment rights and just overall our overall freedoms and liberties. Like why are you encroaching upon that? So that's what this, this bill, this potential legislation that they're trying to make a bill would do now. Uh, I, am, I am on congress.gov right now currently, and I'm going to give you the summary of uh, House Resolution 8, and I'm going to give you the actual text. The actual text of it is only about a page of what it's going to cover, so I'll read that also, and then I'll get my thoughts sprinkled in uh, in the mix, okay? So, uh, H.R. 8 is uh, it's already been presented. Like I said, it's already uh, passed the House. Now it has to pass the Senate, uh, and then we'll go from there. So, uh, the summary of HRA. So um, bipartisan background checks, background checks act of 2021. This bill establishes new background check requirement for firearm transfers between private parties, IE unvisual unlicensed individuals. Specifically, it prohibits a firearm transfer between private parties, unless a licensed gun dealer, AKA FFL, right? Manufacturer or import, importer first takes possession of the firearm to conduct a background check. The pro, uh, <laughs> the prohibition does not apply to certain firearm transfers, such as gifts between spouses in good faith. I'm sorry, I was got stuck on that word prohibition for a minute. Uh, had a little brain fart. So, uh, the prohibition does not apply to certain firearm transfers, such as a gift between spouses in good faith. So, like I said before, as I was giving the whole background of of HR8 or House Resolution 8, that it is all about stopping the private sale of firearms between Americans, uh, between American citizens. Okay. I don't, to, to sell my stuff on Craigslist or what's the other one that they use now, that's the app or on all these other apps that you can sell your goods on that are privately owned. I don't have to go through the government to sell them. And now they're trying to say for me to sell anything, I'm going to have to go through, uh, a firearm dealer to do a background check to sell it. Right. So it's basically like uh, doing consignment. Um, if I'm reading it kind of more now, just a summary of it, it sounds like you had to do a consignment to sell your firearm. So a consignment is you're selling, you're giving your firearm to a, a gun, uh, a gun store. They're taking a certain percentage, usually about, I would say anywhere between 10 to 15% of the sale doing a background check and then selling your firearm. That's essentially what they're doing here uh with this whole HRA situation it just eliminate the private cell because the only thing they're eliminating the private cell of firearms because they are trying to control all firearms so what they're trying to say they're trying to have eyes on all firearms as they as we would say in the military so they're trying to have eyes on on all firearms and this is what this this legislation that could become a that could become law will do all right so, Let's get down to the actual bill itself. So I'm going to read it here. So, HR 8, uh, section one, short title This act may be cited as the Bipartisan Background Checks, Checks Act of 2021. Purpose The purpose of this act is to utilize the current background check process in the United States to ensure individuals prohibited from gun purchases or possessions are not able to obtain firearms. Okay. Let's not this let us kill this um this thought process right now, this argument right now. So they're saying the whole purpose is it whole purpose of this is to combat illegal individuals from possessing firearms. Now, one, a person who wants to get firearms legally will continue to get firearms illegally. The only thing that this is hurting is law-abiding citizens. That's the only thing in this is because there is no felon or person who who wants to commit a crime a felony with a firearm that is going to go through a legal process to get it or it's going to or or is going to go through a legal process to get it firearms on the black market are gonna, always going to be firearms on the black market people are always going to get firearms illegally that's just no way around it even in these other countries that have strict gun laws or who have no guns at all there still is a black market for firearms so firearms will always be, be- will always be uh be gotten right uh Mexico is a prime example they only allow I think uh to own revolvers and 38 super firearms if I remember correctly and there's all different type of legal firearms owned by people that shouldn't have those firearms by the cartels because the black market for guns there's always going to be a black market for guns and these criminals are not going to go through any legal avenue to buy firearms right I don't see I don't see felons rolling around uh you know these guns websites trying to buy firearms it's just not happening and now they're just trying to an individual prohibited from buying firearms there's no there's nobody in their in their right mind that's going to buy a firearm uh that's going to go uh through this process to buy a firearm the the legit way there's always going to be a black market for firearms so this background check is not stopping or hindering hindering criminals from getting firearms if anything, it's just hindering people who law abiding, it's just hindering law abiding citizens, which is, I don't get, right? It makes no sense. So yeah, they want to conduct background checks on all firearm cells, even, even private ones. But nobody, like I said, nobody is going to, no criminal is going to do this. So the only person that is hurting is us because the criminals are going to continue to get those uh, firearms illegally, right? So uh, section three firearm transfers uh, section 922 of title 18 United States code is, is amended by adding, by adding the fo- by adding at the end, the following, it shall be unlawful for any person who is not a licensed importer, licensed manufacturer or licensed dealer to transfer a firearm to a per to any other person who is not licensed unless a licensed importer, licensed manufacturer or licensed dealer has first taken possession of the firearm for purpose of complying with subsection T. Like I said, they basically want to uh, make you have to uh, consign consignment your firearms to sell it. All right. Uh, upon taking possession of a farm under paragraph a a licensee shall comply with all requirements of this chapter as as if the licensee were transferring the firearm from the inventory of the licensee to the to the unlicensed transfer or transfer e. If a transfer of a firearm described in subparagraph A will not be completed for any reason after a licensee takes possession of the firearm, including because the transfer of the firearm to or receipt of the firearm by the transfer E would violate this chapter. The return of the firearm to the transfer by the license E shall not constitute the transfer of a firearm for purposes of this chapter. Paragraph one. P- Paragraph one shall not apply to a law enforcement agency or any law enforcement officer, private armed, private security professional, or members of the armed forces to the, to the extent the officer professional or member is acting within the course and scope of employment and official duties, a tra- a transfer or exchange, which for the purposes of this subsection means in. NI- means an in-kind transfer of a firearm of the same type or value that is a loan or bona fide gift between spouses, between domestic partners, between parents and their children, including step-parents and their step-children, between siblings, between aunts or uncles, and their nieces or nephews, or between grandparents and their children, if if the transferer has no reason to believe that the transferee will use or intend to use the firearm in crime or is prohibited from possessing firearms under state or federal law. All right. So this is what it's saying. What is exempt from? Okay. So if you're doing not even the transfer, if you're, if you're, if you're giving a firearm to a family member or something like that, that is all acceptable. All right. Uh, you can't give it amongst friends. It just seems like it's a immediate family member. So, I, if I wanted to to transfer a firearm to a to a, to a friend for whatever purposes, let's say it's for safety purposes, like his house just got broken or whatever, I wouldn't be able to do this because it doesn't fall under those parameters, right? So, um, I don't really understand. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, the law enforcement angle. So, it does not apply to law enforcement. So, is law enforcement able to? transfer or to sell privately owned firearms amongst other firearms amongst other law enforcement and you know armed professionals or can they sell me a firearm but i cannot sell them a firearm without going through an ffl i don't understand the first one i'm not gonna lie about it um i would have to look into that a little bit more to understand a little bit more but from what I read of it, is this I am just able to transfer between uh, professional uh, law enforcement professionals or people of armed security nature for like a uh, trucks of uh, for like a uh, money and stuff like that for banks and stuff like that. They will be able to use it, or even an armed security. I'm, I'm assuming for like casinos here. If, they're, if they have a badge and everything, they're able to do it amongst each other potentially, or I, they're able to sell me one privately, but I am not able to sell them one privately, like before this would go into place. Now, this type of law is already in existence here in Nevada. For you to privately sell a firearm, you have to do a background check now. So Nevada, this came into law about, Nevada about a year or two ago, and I didn't like it then. Uh, I don't like it. I, I think it's a straight up infringement of our rights that I can't privately sell owns. I can probably sell something without government intervention. It's complete and utter nonsense. All right. um, Part C, a transfer of an executor, administrator, trustee, or personal representative of an estate or a trust that occurs by operation of law upon death of another person. Okay. Uh, A transfer, a temporary transfer that is necessary to prevent imminent death or great bodily harm, including harm to self, uh, family, household members, or others if if the possession of if the possession by the transfer e lasts 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 only as long as immediately immediately necessary to prevent imminent death or great bodily harm, including harm to self, the harm of domestic violence, dating, partner violence, sexual assault, stalking, and domestic abuse. A transfer that is approved by the Attorney General under section uh, 5, 5812, five fifty eight twelve other of the Internal Revenue Code of 1986, or a temporary transfer, if if the transfer has no reason to believe the transferee will use or intend to use the firearm in a crime, or is prohibited from possessing firearms under state or federal law, and the transfer takes place, and transferee's possession of a firearm is exclusively one at a shooting range, or in a shooting gallery, or other designed, or other or other area designated for the purpose of target shooting. While reasonably necessary for the purpose purposes of hunting, trapping, pest control on a farm or a ranch or fishing, if the transfer has no reason to believe that transfer E attempts to use the to use the farm in a place where it is illegal and has has reason to believe that the transfer E will comply with all licensing and permit requires for such for such hunting, trapping, pest control on a farm ranch or fishing, or while the while in the presence of the transfer. All right. So it is saying that you're allowed to temporarily transfer, transfer, transfer a weapon or allow somebody to use a weapon in this situation if great bodily harm is due. OK, so like I said, if my homeboy, but I still think it only applies to family from what I'm getting from this. So if I wouldn't be able to, to, to give it to a homeboy, let's say a homeboy had his house broken into and he was worried about the criminals coming back and trying to rob his house again, which does happen. Right. Uh, if they hit you once, they'll try to hit you twice. And he wants to have a firearm to be prepared just in case next time he's home when they come. I can give my homeboy a firearm, and say, "Okay, I won't let you lend. I won't let you hold it, and give it back to me when you all good or when you bought your own firearm." This one says that is only uh to family members or in the situation you're a trustee to of a person if they die. That's a different situation. But I'm only allowed to give it to family members, and it's saying that. um that you can temporarily transfer, transfer the person a, a weapon, uh, for those purposes or for hunting or, uh, trapping or for fish and wildlife purposes. So for hunting, uh, trapping animals and all that stuff and et cetera, for pest control, you're allowed to transfer to a person. Like nobody's going to transfer a weapon to a person that is doing something illegal. Nobody is. Nobody's going to say, Hey homie, let me get your gun so I can go rob a bank. And nobody is normally going to give a gun to a felon. Let's say you have a family member that's a felon. Nobody in their right mind is going to give a felon a gun. No, if if I have, if I had a family member that is a felon, and I do, uh, unfortunately, if I had a family member that was a felon, I wouldn't give them that firearm. I wouldn't. I'm like, no, you're not allowed to have firearms, brother. No common sense American is going to give a firearm to a felon. It's just not going to happen because it makes no sense because it's going to put you in more trouble than anything. So who would think who would willingly give a firearm to somebody? Knowing that they were going to go commit a crime because that makes you an accessory after the fact. And nobody's going to do it. It makes literally no sense. That's why I don't understand this whole process about them trying to break all this down. It, it makes no sense. It, it makes no sense. All this other stuff is just. uh more legal jargon. Not really more legal jargon. I, I'll take that back. It's just uh, talking about it's available in English and Spanish uh, to all this other stuff. Um, the last important and pertinent part, pertinent part it, it shall be unlawful for a licensed importer, licensed manufacturer, or a licensed dealer to trans to transfer possession of or title to a firearm to a per, another person who is not, who is who is not so licensed unless the imported manufacturer or dealer has provided such other person with the notice of the prohibition under paragraph one and such other person has certified that such other person has been provided with the notice on a form prescribed by the attorney general. All right, the attorney general shall make available to any person licensed under this chapter both Spanish and English versions of the form required. For the conduct of a background check under subsection T and in this subsection and the notice and form required under paragraph three of this subsection. OK, so it was some the stuff we already know. So that is H.R. 8. So H.R. 8, like I said, in a nutshell, is all about prohibiting the private cell of firearms. So they're just trying to get government intervention in all things now. When, at least when it comes down to firearms they want government intervention in a lot of things and I that's not my my forte on this podcast uh but they are trying to get an intervention on all things uh when it comes down to our, our first and second amendment rights but uh what this all comes down to is just like I said before it's just trying to eliminate the private cell of firearms it's just it's just straight up government intervention into into our private cells or our stuff because they're trying to track everything which is just completely and blatantly uh an infringement of our rights and it's to me unconstitutional it's just ridiculous uh how much control they're trying to get over our over our rights because they're trying to they're trying to make our rights into a privilege instead of it being a right and i've said that plenty of times before and you can see it here they don't think you have they think that firearm ownership is a privilege it's not a privilege, it's a right, according to our U.S. Constitution. And people need to get that fact that fact understood and correct. Uh, I made a rebuttal to this whole uh, to this whole uh, argument of H.R. 10. Because when H.R. 10 happened, uh, not H.R. 10, when H.R. 8 happened, <laughs> it was kind of disheartening. I, I, I knew it was going to pass because I knew once it hit the Senate, I mean, once it passed the House, it's probably going to pass the Senate. And the reason why I say it's probably going to pass the Senate, because it's a 50 50 split if it, in the Senate. If I remember properly, if I remember correctly, it's a 50 50 split in the Senate. That means that good old VP Kamala Harris would get the deciding vote. And, you know, she's going to vote for gun laws because uh pro gun laws. I mean, anti gun laws, I should say not pro gun laws, anti gun laws, because she said within her front, her first hundred days, she would do an executive order on firearms and when it came down to gun law. So I'm not going to, I see her completely being on board on this legislation. So it has the, it has a high potential of becoming law to wrap up this section that I've been kind of uh, running my mouth about. I'll give you my opinion piece. I wrote about this, which I always also leave a link in the description below about it. Uh, the title of the article the opinion piece is my thoughts on, on the, on the house passage of HR eight, a.k.a. universal background checks. Um, Thursday afternoon, the House passed H.R. 8 with a 273 to 28 vote on the House floor. Now H.R. 8 8 moves forward to the Senate where it will be hotly and closely contested. This this legislation has the ability to pass the Senate with the slimmest of margins due to the 50-50 split in the Senate, giving VP Kamala Harris the deciding and and crucial vote on important legislation. House Resolution 8 is yet another erosion of our rights and another straw upon the camel's back. This potential new legislation that now has the ability to become law will introduce universal background checks on all firearm sales, which will eliminate the rights of Americans to sell their privately owned property without government intervention. This is an obvious attack on our Second Amendment rights and a further erosion of our freedoms and liberties. All this is done under the guise of safety and reducing gun violence. This has been the Democratic Party Democratic parties talking point on violence for decades. yet these policies have seen no real world effect of curbing violence. These are not laws meant to invoke safety, but to strip law-abiding citizens of their rights to keep and bear arms, while also trying to dictate to you on on who you can't sell your privately owned property to. For all those who bought uh, the Fool's gold and believed the Democratic lie, of we're not after your guns, President Biden isn't going after, isn't going to take your rights away. He just wants common sense gun laws. We have warned you. We have warned you that intense and restrictive legislation was coming. You did not heed our warnings. This is the writing on the wall, and all that is left. This is the writing on the wall, and the fight for our right ensues. Look upon what you have wrought with your blind ignorance and obedience to the narrative. The elected officials who walk the halls of Congress do not represent the American people. They seek to control us, stymie us, and strip, and strip us of our rights and liberties. They seek only power to control us and empower themselves. The only the only option left for us is to fight against the tyranny of men and governments. And that was my thoughts on the uh, the how the passage of the House's passage of. HR8 uh, AKA, uh, universal background checks. Like all this leads up to, to finish up my final thoughts with this section, all this leads up to is registration and confiscation is that's all it leads to. They're trying to restrict our rights into oblivion to make our, our rights into a privilege. And the model that I see them using is not even the UK model. Uh, I think the model that they're using currently is not even the California model. Look to look to Canada's gun laws and Canada's gun laws are that they're trying to introduce are the same thing they're trying to they're trying to mirror here. And maybe California gets their presidents from Canada. It could be. But the more I look into stuff like this, the more I'm noticing that they're trying to get Canadian type restriction over us to where everything is a privilege firearms isn't a privilege owning firearms isn't a privilege it's a right granted to us by the constitution to the right to keep and bear arms and to give the people power to keep the government in check against uh overwhelming power and tyranny of governments. so if we need to we can rise up and defend ourselves against the government the Second Amendment is so crucial to all, to so crucial to the fabric of this country is that you can see what the restriction of our rights is just nothing but a power grab and a way to seek and to seek and gain power by them and take the power away from the people. We have power as a people when it comes down to a few things. Our voice, our weapons, our vote. We vote these people in. So it's not we, not all of us, but I'm saying the people who vote these people in allow these. Uh, they they are within their same ideological and political mindset, so they feel like this is what's right for this country. The erosion of our rights and our freedoms as a people is not what's right for this country. And HR eight is just another erosion of their rights, and it's just so disheartening when it comes down to it. Man, it's a rough one. HR eight is not fun all this legislation coming out of the pipeline is not fun but i will continue to speak up and fight even though a lot of people don't listen to this podcast hopefully my message will start getting out there but i will continue to speak i won't stop speaking because speaking is important writing about this stuff and keeping people informed is important i'll do what i can and what i must on my little on my little end and hopefully more people start hearing my voice and hopefully more people start getting my word out there but you know that's all we can really do is is continue to fight the good fight. I'm not saying that sometimes it doesn't get disheartening because it fucking does, but we got to keep the fight up. All right, uh, that's going to be it for this topic, and I kind of ran kind of long on this one. Uh, that's uh, about it for HR8. Then we're gonna now we're gonna get into HR1446, uh, which is an addition to kind of like the background checks. <music> All right. Next topic up the bat is going to be H.R. 1446, which is a hands background checks uh, act of 2021. All right. This bill was sponsored by Representative Clyburn, uh, James Clyburn out of Democrat out of South Carolina. Like I said, it's already passed the House. It passed the House the same day. Excuse me. It passed the House the same day that uh, HR eight pass. So these two kind of work in tandem with each other. So one is for universal background checks on, on, on s- background checks on all firearm sales, including private ones now. So, uh, that's what, uh, HR 1446. Is, I mean, that's what HR eight is, right? Universal background checks and HR 1446 is enhanced background checks. Okay. Uh, so they kind of work in tandem. They do work in tandem with each other. So, um, Let's give you. I'm going to kind of run it the same way I ran the last one. Give you a quick summary. I'm also on Congress.gov on this uh, on this situation, so I'm looking at it direct di- directly from there. This bill information, uh, so it's all true and correct. But let me give you a slight overview. So the summary of HR uh, 1446 Enhanced Background Checks Act of 2021. All right, so Enhanced Background Checks Act of 2021, this bill revises background check requirements applicable to proposed firearm transfers from a federal firearms licensee, aka FFL, to an unlicensed person. Specifically, it increases the amount of time from three business days to a minimum of 10 business days that a federal firearms licensee must wait to receive a completed a completed background check prior to transferring a firearm to an unlicensed person. This type of transaction is often referred to as a default, pro- default proceed transaction. If a submitted background check remains incomplete after 10 days, then the per- prospective purchaser may submit a petition for a final firearms eligibility determination if an additional 10 days elapse elapsed without a final determination. The federal firearms licensee may transfer the firearm to the prospective purchaser. Okay. So every once in a while when you do a next background check, what happens is for some reason it gets flags and it comes back that you didn't pass. It could be something as um, for my buddy, this happened to him, which is not kind of funny, but kind of messed up. Uh, He had a warrant out for his arrest for a ticket, for a traffic ticket he, he didn't know he had. Um, he didn't know he had or forgot to pay or whatever, but he had a, a bench warrant out for his uh for a traffic ticket and it came back uh why he got rejected because he had a a bench warrant out for his arrest he went out he went to uh Las Vegas Metro paid the bench warrant, which was a lot of money paid the bench warrant got that cleared off and uh paid the fine and then it cleared his background but that's the time where something when something pops on the FBI Nick system. For some discrepancy, the FBI said, hey, there's something discrepancy on this guy's um, on this guy's paperwork. We're going to look into it. Give us about three business days to look into it. And then we'll come back with a determination that he can buy it or he can't buy it because of X, Y and Z. Now they're trying to turn that three business days into a minimum of 10 days. Which is complete and utter nonsense. Which is like again a straight infringement of our rights. Now I don't know if they are trying to add this to the overall to the uh, to just background checks in general. So let's say I bought a firearm, did the background did next background checks. I I don't know if that's going to mean they're going to hold it until. Uh, the third, I mean, they're going to hold the firearm for 10 days and then give it to me, even if I pass the background check, or if something comes back that pops hot on my background check, they're going to, they're going to do 10 days of, they're going to hold it for 10 days. My background check comes clear and then they're going to give it to me. I don't know which way it's going to happen in, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if it's just going to become a mandatory 10 day wait period for all firearm sales. Or if it's just with within that one regard, so that's why I don't know. I don't know if the the summary of this doesn't clear up that clear up that. I don't know if the actual bill will clear up that because when you read this this legislation stuff, when I read the last one, you know what? It's a lot of it's a lot of it's a lot of legal It's a lot of political speak. a lot of you know subsections of this net of of this bill and of this law and of that and i'm like i don't even know what subsection that you're talking about it's a lot of legalese and it's a lot of political jargon mixed into it that kind of doesn't read to the heart of what you're trying to get at right it's just a lot of smoke and mirror a lot of smoke and mirrors to get what they want right uh i feel like they need to be more clear cut and concise like no and i and it in you know what it shows it shows my ignorance because in certain regards it shows my ignorance because i don't know what you know i don't know the the irs code for of 1986 that led to something like you know what i'm saying like it was talking about irs codes amending chapter 44 you know amending you know chapter 62 or 44 of title 18 i don't know technically what title 18 is it sounds like i need to remove my ignorance and figure out what title 18 is in general so i can understand what's going on more so that's to my ignorance. And I'll give it to that. I, I, I'll admit that, you know, I'm, I'm human. I know a lot about firearms. and I, I delve a lot into this stuff. And But I will admit my ignorance when it's there. So that is my ignorance. And I need to remove that ignorance. So I will. So I will do more research on understanding what Title 18 is and all these uh, these subsections of all these different legislations. So I can be more well versed in what's going on. The more the more tools I have at my disposal the the more weapons i have you know what i'm saying to to defend against these type of, of of arguments when it comes down to why these things shouldn't be in place so you know what i need to do a little bit more investigation on on, on my own all right so hr uh, 1446 all right which is uh we're we're just going to read it like we did last time and just break it all down if i have any thoughts i'll like i said i'll chime in with my thoughts when that happens all right. So section one, short title. This act may be cited as the Enhanced Background Checks Act of 2021. Section two, strengthening a background check procedures to be followed before a federal firearms licensee may transfer a firearm to a person who is not such a licensee. Section 922 of Title 18, United States Code is amended in paragraph 1B by striking clause two and inserting the following. You see what I'm saying? that legal that 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 political jargon and legalese man in the event in the event the system has not notified the licensee that the receipt of a firearm by such other person would violate subsection g or n of this section not fewer than 10 days meaning a day on which the state offices are open has elapsed since the licensee con- Uh, contacted the system and the system has not notified the licensee that the receipt of a firearm by such a person would violate subsection g or n of this section and other person and other person has submitted electronically through a website established by the attorney general or by first class mail a petition for review which certifies that such a person has no reason to believe that such other person is prohibited by federal, state, or local law from purchasing or possessing a firearm and request that the system respond to the contact uh, referred to in subparagraph A within 10 business days after the date the petition was submitted or if the petition is submitted by first class mail, the date the letter containing the petition is postmarked and bit 10 And 10 business days has elapsed elapsed since the other person so submitted the petition and the system has not notified the licensee that the receipt of a firearm by such a person person would violate subsection G or N of this section. And and by adding at the end of the following, the attorney general shall a prescribe the form on which a petition shall be submitted pursuant to paragraph one B section two. B make the form available electronically and provide a copy of the form to all licensees referred to paragraph one. C, provide the petitioner the licensee involved written notice of the receipt of the petition either electronically or by first class mail. And D respond to the expedited basis to such to any such petition received by the attorney general. 8A if after three business days uh have elapsed since the licensee initially contacted the system about a firearm transaction the system notifies the licensee that the receipt of the firearm by such other person would not uh, violate subsection g or n the licensee may continue to reply on that notification for the longer of 1 an additional 25 calendar days after the licensee receives a notification or 2 30 calendar 30 calendar days after the date of the initial contact b if such a person has met the requirements of paragraph 1b section 2 before the system destroys the records related to the farm transaction the licensee may continue to rely on such other person having met the requirements for an additional 25 days after the date such such other person first met the requirements. Okay, that's a lot. So <laughs> it's like it's a it's a lot of what ifs, what ifs, what ifs that leads to what ifs. Okay, so strengthening it's talking about strengthening background checks. Like I said, what this what I seem like what what I'm understanding this all applies to is if your background checks. Is hit with something hit with something coming back saying that they can't sell you the firearm that you need to clarify or that the FBI needs to clarify. Right. Like I gave the example of my homeboy with a a traffic bench warrant out for his arrest because he had an unpaid traffic ticket. He cleared the bench warrant, took him a couple of days, cleared up. He was able to get the firearm. Um, I feel like there's like I said, I feel like it's an extension of that. But also when I read it, it feels like it's an extension of just the overall wait period. Right. So we're going to have the overall. So when I I have a CCW and within Nevada, since I have a CCW, I, you know, I still have to do the background check, you know, and all that good stuff. It just makes it a little bit easier. Um, I forgot what point I was trying to get to. So it doesn't. My apologies. I, I went down a, a road that was going nowhere. But uh, So if I want to get a firearm, I will have to do the background check and then wait 10 days instead of leaving with the gun the same day, <sighs> which makes no sense. So if I pass background check, they say, OK, you're good. Come back in 10 days. Come pick up your firearm. I feel like that's one situation that's going to happen. And two, if you're if you come back. If you if you pop. For some reason, they say, ah, you, you pop. It's going to take 10 days for us to clear up your clear. It's going to take up to 10 days to clear up your stuff instead of three days. They're just lengthening the minutiae of lengthening the minutia of you, of the process of you getting your firearm. So let's say it comes back 10 days, right? And they let you know what's wrong with it. Now you have like another, what, 30 days to clear up the matter. And then After that 30 days, do they do another 10 days? See, like it's really convoluted the way this is written. And I think the main goal of it is just to me and I might have to do another segment on this next week because I got to really look into this one because this one seems very convoluted to me. What I think they're after is extending the whole wait period for background checks 10 days. That's my initial assessment. That is my overall assessment of it. Now, it's going to be a lot more hurdles and hoops, a lot more hurdles you're going to have to jump through. Or jump over, if it comes back hot. What I mean, if it comes back hot, if you if you pop for whatever, that the FBI has to look more into uh, regarding your Nick's background check. That's why I think it's going down. That's why that's how I think it's going down, and it makes it way super way convoluted, man. Like this is super convoluted. Like I read all of that, and there's so much legal lees, and there's so much president with Section 922 of Title 18. And how that breaks down and how this all plays out, because they're talking about referring back to paragraphs one one B slash section, you know, section two and how it refers back to subsection GNN. I don't even know what subsection. I don't even know what subsection GNN are of section 922 of Title 18. I don't know what GNN are. I don't know what subsection G or subsection N is. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. This, this, see, this is what they do. They do this type of stuff on purpose. They make it so convoluted to where you can't understand the purpose of the law. Like what literally is the, okay. The only thing I can, I can grasp from this literally grasp from this. They want to extend the potential wait period for the clearance of background checks from three to 10 days. And then the hoops, If you pop hot on your on your background check for whatever reason to where the FBI has to look more into it, they're trying to they're trying to give you so many hurdles. You got to jump over to to make sure that you're okay to do it. That's going to turn it into a whole month process, potentially, or at least 40 days till you can potentially get your firearm. You know what, peeps? I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not even going to read any more of this bill because there's a lot to dissect here it's talking about guy reports uh that's going to be section four reports on petitions supporting firearm transfer not immediately approved approved by the Nix system that are not responded to in a timely manner the report to congress effective dates you know reporting on the firearm denied as a result of a nix check there's a lot to cover here i don't even know what a guy report is to be honest with you i ain't even gonna lie to you about that uh so It does talk about the 10 day wait period when it comes to regards to having it done in a timely manner. Uh, In regards to the whole point I was making about, like, sometimes you might pop hot and then for whatever reason, on the next background check, the FBI would normally say, hey, we're going to take three days to look at this and then get back to you. Now they're trying to say, hey, now we're telling the FBI to take 10 days to look at this. Now, it might only take the FBI one day to look back at it. But you know what? what, You know, when the FBI is going to get back to you nine days later. That's how the FBI roll. That's how the FBI. That's how all government agencies roll. Government agency. The government want their money on time, right? <laughs> that government. Two things. Two things. Government don't play about. They money and time. So the government want their money on time, and they gonna take their time when they are gonna do something. So they want you to do something in a timely manner, but the government ain't gonna do anything in a timely manner. I learned that from working in the military. They tell the the thing that is common term in the military is hurry up and wait. That's what they want you to do. They want you to hurry up and do what you need to do. But they want you to wait after they're done because you got to go through the minutiae of the, of the bureaucracy. That's all they're doing right here, man. This this is this is so this, this H.R. for 4, this H.R. 1446 is convoluted, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm not a legal expert and I don't know all the legalese and stuff like that. But there's a lot to dissect here. And I don't know how to dissect it all to give you good, informative information beyond this. And then I'm going to kind of wrap this section up because it has me proverbially lost in the sauce. OK, trying to read through all this legal this legal jargon and political this legal is a political jargon. OK, only thing I can truly confirm is that it's trying to extend the wait period to have your uh, to have the next background background check completed and conducted to 10 days. Either way, even for the initial one, for the initial purchases of the other firearm or if you pop. For whatever reason on the next system for them to investigate it so it's just they just want to increase it to a 10 wait 10 day wait period all the way around which is just an infringement because like i said the the way the government works they want you to hurry up and wait they want you to do everything in a timely manner but they ain't gonna do nothing in a timely manner and that's complete and utter That's, that's just simply the way it is it's just bullshit it's just a hurry up and wait just a hurry up and wait mentality Government always going to want their money on time. they going to want you to be on time, but they ain't never going to be on time. Just the way it rolls, man. Just the way it rolls. I don't know how many times I got overpaid by accident and, you know, just getting direct deposit not really realizing it. And then my next paycheck is like, I only got like a few hundred dollars. Oh, because the government going to get theirs. Oh, they going to audit your shit real, real quick to get their money correct because they overpaid you. but. When they underpay you, which has happened to me sometimes in the military, for some reason, they underpaid me and they got my paycheck wrong. Or like, you know, when you're picking up a rank, they underpay you for like a couple of months. You know what I'm saying? And you got to nag them and nag them and nag them to get the money that you deserve, which I had to do. Like, oh, they slow giving you your money, but when it's their money that they want, they are gonna get it from you quick, fast, in a hurry. When it's something they want to do, they gonna get it. They gonna get it done quick, fast, in a hurry. But it's not like that the other way around, which I'm gonna say is complete another bullshit. So that's what's going on here, man. It's just complete another bullshit, dude. They're they're just they're just trying to lengthen the time. All these all these laws they're putting in place are just trying to restrict your rights into oblivion to where they don't exist and trying to make your right into a privilege. That's all that's all that's all these house resolutions and these potential legislations that could become law are trying to do point blank in no uncertain terms that's what they're trying to do and it's just disgusting man just just nasty like why are these people trying to restrict your rights just because they don't like something like I always apply it back to the First Amendment because it applies. If I don't like your speech, I don't have any right to partake in it. Don't mean I should ban it. But we're all about a lot of American society is about censorship nowadays and about snitching. Like, I don't understand snitching, man. Like, don't that's another that's another topic for another day. But, yeah, I just don't understand it. These these are two things I don't understand. Like, if you don't agree with it, if you don't if you don't want to partake in it don't partake in it but don't limit somebody else's rights because you don't want to partake in it that's just to me un-american because who you're, you're not protecting anybody you're just saying that one person is wrong and that you're right and you're trying to be a moral authority and i don't like that no more authoritarianism nobody nobody has a moral high ground above above anybody else you know what i'm saying we might have different ideology, ideologies ideologies and the way we think but right is right and wrong is wrong, and taking away somebody's freedoms because you disagree with them politically is wrong, and that's just point blank. Because I would never restrict your right to say anything to me. I may not like it. I have a, now. There's consequences and repercussions. You know what I'm saying? There is consequences and repercussions because the consequence and repercussions is you say you you say the n word to me because I'm a black man. Most people might not know that, but I'm just throwing it out there now i'm a black man you might call me you might say i hate you motherfucking niggers okay that might get you that might get you a one piece (laughs) might get you a a two-piece three-piece combo however long it takes me to knock you out because that's 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 the consequence my consequence also means i get to go to jail potentially but hey to each his own you know what i'm saying that's the thing about it like the consequence i could also just walk away and say you know what man forget you dude But you have every right to say that in this in in this nation. And I'm not going to deter your right to say from it. If the KKK want to walk down whatever Main Street and say, I hate niggers, Jews, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Do you boo boo? As long as you're doing it peacefully. And I have every right to counter protest you. And I know I'm using some harsh language right now because I just want to keep it real. I'm not trying to degrade anybody. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to keep it to the language that they would speak. I have no right to censor that I may literally disagree with it. And I do to the core of me. I disagree with racism and bigotry and hate. But at the same time, I'm never going to stop your right from saying it. I'm going to counter it with good solid facts, love and kindness. That's the way, that's the way you do stuff, man. Not the way we're doing stuff now. This is, this is ridiculous. Like that's pretty much my final thoughts. When it comes down to that, I kind of went off to a ramp. Uh, I will look into H.R. 1446 a little bit more. I might not be able to come back to this next week because there's a lot of stuff that I need to look into. Section 922 of Title 18, uh, Chapter 44 of Title 18. uh, You know, figure out these subsections and all this other stuff that it's referring to. Understand what a gal report is, because I don't even know what that is. And all these other things that I need to figure out. And then i'll get back to you and give a more complete rundown of what's going on with this because this is super convoluted like i said the only thing i can tell you from jump street is uh, that i can say that i clearly understand is that they're trying to change uh they're trying to extend uh the period of background checks from three to ten days that's the only thing i can tell you from i can truly i truly understand about this whole process all right next uh we're going to talk about Senator Feinstein's uh, gun ban legislation, and we'll just uh, and we'll go from there. That's going to be the last topic of this week. But just know that she's essentially trying to ban everything, everything we own and hold dear to us as firearm owners. She's trying to ban it. That's essentially what she's trying to do. But give me a second. And we'll roll into that conversation next. <laughs> Alright, last but not least on this week's agenda for the podcast, we're going to talk about uh, Senator Feinstein's uh, gun ban legislation, right? Now, this legislation, it doesn't have like HR-8 on it or whatever else like that. So it's kind of, from, from from what I know, when it's, which is weird because I have the actual PDF document for the bill. Only thing I can call it is Legislation 8, not H, Legislation S. Uh, Because it doesn't have anything else on there. Uh, But I actually have the the PDF for it. It's a 125 page PDF. I am only going to try to cover the pertinent stuff. And the reason why I'm going to say I'm going to try to cover the pertinent stuff. Because I think the pertinent stuff is going to be the definitions. And the guns that she's trying to. The firearms she's trying to ban. Like she's trying to. She's trying to essentially ban everything. There's over like 200 plus firearms. That she's listed here. Specifically that she's trying to ban. uh specifically that she's trying to ban. All right. Um I just want to make sure I said that right. That she's trying to ban, which is ridiculous one, and two, she's just trying to ban everything under the sun. She is just trying to re- she she wants to reinstate a 94 ban, which Joe said he wants to reinstate a 94 ban, but they're just trying to add major caveats to it, right? Um like I said, all this legislation is leading to a registry and a gun ban. Now, I know the Supreme Court has already said that a registration or a, reg- uh, a gun registration is unconstitutional. I already know they said that. People say they're not trying to, they, we're not trying to build a registry. That's why they say they're not trying to build a registry. But if they classify anything, everything under the NFA, turn in everything into an NFA item, which leads to you paying a tax stamp and all that good jazz, and is registered under the NFA. Then you would by in part have an ad hoc registry. ding 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 people. look at it, right. So all this is after a registration, a registry. They're trying to registrate to confiscate. That's all this all is. HR8, HR 1446. this uh, let's call this legislation s that's the only thing I can classify it as from Senator Feinstein, which is just basically the 94, the 94 gun ban trying to be reincorporated, reinstated, however you want to classify it as. That's all this is after. And it's blatantly obvious. You're you're banning over 200 firearms and accessories. So there's going to be certain accessories that we've all come to know and love, like pistol grips uh, for like your AR-15, normal pistol grips uh, four grips. Angle grips, muzzle devices, threaded barrels, everything your mama gave you, plus a bag of chips they trying to ban. Um, Yeah, man, it's pretty extensive here. Uh, Like I said, I'm going to go over the definitions, what was going to classify all these firearms as uh, for potential of being banned, which is lengthy. Uh, I'm going to try to go over different type of models uh, so we can got, have a sense. And I will go over names and I will just read through it. Like I said, it's over 200. They'll get to a certain point where I'll just start reading. Um, I'll read. I'll start reading them and I will leave a link to uh, this PDF. So if you want to research it a little bit more, you can. But they're coming after everything. Rifle, pistols, shotguns are are, are all in here. Uh, pistol caliber car beams anything you can think of she's trying to ban she don't want you to have nothing and the only thing that it's not even a saving grace of this bill what what she tried to throw in there on the back end if you already own it is grandfathered in but you're not going to be able to buy it after that according to this ban And i don't even know how long this ban is going to take place for this ban is a ban on everything guns ammunition magazines accessories anything that think about anything in the firearms community that we normally have and possess for our firearms she wants banned <laughs> that's, the, that's the simplest way that's the simplest way to put it and it, it is ridiculous it is straight ridiculous all right so let's get into this to this to Senator Feinstein's potential gun ban legislation that she's saving so many lives with but she's just making our lives difficult of uh law abiding Americans right Who just want to exercise their right to keep and bear arms. So. A bill to regulate assault weapons to to ensure the right to keep and bear arms is not limited to and for the purposes to regulate assault weapons. Now. This bill already starts its foot off on a lie. There are no such things as assault weapons. Now, I've said this. I've had this argument I've, I've made this statement before, which many people may disagree with me about. I've made this statement before. There are no such thing as assault weapons. What people what what people do, what politicians do, they use assault rifle and assault weapons interchangeably in their definitions. Now, there is a such thing as an assault rifle. An assault rifle is a weapon that has one more, one one or more modes of, of fire. or has more than one mode of fire. Let me get my tongue right. Has one than one modifier, so it's going to have semi through round burst automatic, or it might have semi through round burst and fully automatic, or just might have semi automatic. But it is a weapon system that has more than one modifier. That is what an assault rifle is classified as. They use assault rifle and assault weapon in the same terminology. So my argument was, since they use it in the same terminology, we can easily say that nobody owns the average American does not own an assault rifle or assault weapon per that definition. Because for you to own a fully automatic machine gun, which uh, for you to own a fully automatic weapon system or a machine gun, it will fall under the NFA, which means it would be tracked anyway. So what they're trying to do they're trying to classify everything as assault rifle and assault weapons, so they can ban it or put it all under the NFA. But the thing about it is, nobody owns. The average American does not own an assault rifle or sub weapon or, or or an assault weapon. And this has always been my argument. Nobody owns it. Nobody does, unless you have class three licensing to own a machine gun or fully automatic weapon system, aka. Uh, you know what I'm saying a, a m4 assault rifle you know what I'm saying nobody owns it because it's a whole legal process you have to it's you have to go through the ATF and you' got to pay a lot of money just to get that type of just to get that type of access so the average American does not own an assault rifle the average American does not own an assault weapon an assault rifle doesn't even stand for assault rifle when they come down when they say ar-15 means assault rifle 15. Like you've heard many politicians say, I'm getting into the weeds a little bit here, people, but follow me. All right, assault rifle, fi- assault rifle 15 does not mean assault rifle 15. It means Armalite 15. Right? It is a it is a variant of the Armalite rifle. That's all it stands for. That's what AR10 stands for. Armalite 10. It is the 10th. It is a variation of the Armalite rifle that they designed. That's what it means. It does not mean assault rifle. But the media tell you and politicians tell you that it means assault rifle. So going back to my original point, they, they use the, the statements interchangeably. Assault rifle and assault weapon mean the same thing to politicians. They are one and the same. They are synonyms. According to the synonyms that they're using, if we look into the definition of what an assault rifle is, no average American owns an assault rifle because none of us own weapons that have semi and automatic feature sets on them. None of our weapon systems have those capabilities. What what's the only what's the only capability that your firearm has for your rifle for your modern day sporting rifle for our AR-15? What is the only function that it has? The only function of fire that it has, semi-automatic. Now I know the media has conflated terms like fully semi-automatic, which is not a real term either. From that dumbass general. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to call him a dumbass. Oh, no, he was. No, no, I didn't say anything derogatory. Yes, he was being a dumbass by making that statement fully semi-automatic. That was a dumbass comment. So, no, I'm not going to take that away from him. I don't like to be derogatory with people when it comes down to, you know, saying bitch and calling him, you know, you know, bitch and all that other stuff and, you know, and all that other stuff like dumbass and all that other stuff. But, no, you were being a dumbass. That was a dumb comment. You were being a dumbass. You were one of, and, and you should know better. One, because you're a general, and you should know better that that is that 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 is not a real term, so since they conflate the two to be the same, I just use their I just use their definitions against them and then say, and say that no law abiding average american citizen has a has a assault weapon because we don't according to their definition that they use interchangeably assault weapon and assault rifle. If you look up to the definition of assault rifle, which I've given you just the I gave you the uh not the dumbed down version, the uh the cliff notes version of the definition. We know that the average American does not own an assault rifle or assault weapon because we only have one modifier on our weapon system, and that is semi-automatic fire. One trigger pull equals one round fired. That's it. Now, if you if you fancy and you got the money and you got a class three, you know, to have machine guns, a fully automatic weapon system, the a player, more power to you, do you boo boo. But that's regulated under the NFA by the ATF. So they have to make sure if the ATF come knocking on their door. They got to know where that weapon system is and then and it has to be safely stored or they're going to be getting in trouble with the ATF. So this argument is already mute from jump street and this is the whole only only thing i'm trying to save this whole thing this argument is already mute from jump street because of the first line the first the 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 technically the third word to regulate assault weapons to ensure the right to, to keep and bear arms is not limited to and for the purposes and for other purposes so they claim they're trying to give us the right to keep and bear arms But they classify everything as assault weapons, so there will be no arms to there will be no arms to keep in bear. All right. Good to go. All right. That's just from Jump Street. I'm I'm already cracking down on the nonsense. All right. Be it enacted by the Senate and the House of Representatives that the United States of American Congress assemble. Section one short title. This act may be cited as the assault weapons ban of 2021 definitions. In general section uh, 921a of title 18 United States Code is amended by inserting the paragraph by inserting after paragraph 29 the following the term semi-automatic pistol means per, means repeating pistol that utilizes a portion of a portion of energy of a firing cartridge to extract the fired cartridge case and chamber the next round and b requires a separate pull of the trigger to fire each cartridge uh the term semi automatic shotgun means any repeated shotgun that a utilizes a portion of energy of a firing cartridge to extract the fired cartridge case and chamber and chamber the next round and b requires a separate pull of the trigger to fire each uh, to to fire each cartridge and by adding the by adding at the end by adding at The end of the following the term semi-automatic assault weapon means any of the following, regardless of country of manufacturer or caliber of ammunition accepted. Okay, All right. All right. So their creator there, she is categorizing assault weapon as any semi-automatic. She said pistol, shotgun. So far, she said pistol, shotgun. And I think that's it. And I oh or, or if we getting into rifle next, so she's classifying any semi-automatic weapon system as an assault weapon, so she can put it on the NFA and ban it. Good to go. Good. You know what? You know what? I gotta say, well played by her. It's fucked up, but I gotta say, well played by 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 Senator Feinstein on that one because that's that 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 that's tricky, lady. That, that's tricky. <laughs> that's tricky. That that so. You're redefining the definition. So what she's doing. And I hadn't read this bill until right now. So I didn't know she was doing that. What she's doing. She's redefining. Assault weapon. As a semi-automatic weapon system. So according to her. Every firearm we own. Technically is a semi-automatic assault weapon. Is a a semi-automatic assault weapon. Which would need. Which means it would need to be banned. Man. Clever. Clever girl. As my boy said from her Jurassic Park. Clever girl she is. Alright. So. Alright, continuing on. The term semi-automatic assault weapon means any of the following, regardless of country of manufacture or caliber of ammunition accepted. A. A semi-automatic rifle that 1. Has the capacity to utilize a magazine that is not a fixed magazine and 2. Does not have any... Does have any... Does have any one of the following features uh to a uh, i mean uh one a pistol grip two a forward grip three a folding telescoping or detachable buttstock or otherwise foldable or adjustable in a manner that operates excuse me to reduce the length size and any other dimension or otherwise enhances the concealability of the weapon a grenade, a grenade launcher a barrel shroud a threaded barrel a semi-automatic rifle that has a fixed magazine with a capacity to accept 10 or more rounds except for except for an attached tubular device des- designed to accept and capable of operating only with 22 caliber rimfire ammunition see any part combination of parts component device attachment or accessory that is designed or functions to accelerate the rate of fire of a semi-automatic firearm, but not convert the semi-automatic firearm into a machine gun, Uh, a semi-automatic pistol that has the capacity to utilize a magazine that is not a fixed magazine. And, and does, does one, does any one of the following of the following a threaded barrel, a second pistol grip, a barrel shroud, the capacity to accept detachable magazines at some location outside of the pistol grip, a semi automatic version of a, the semi automatic version of an automatic firearm, a manufactured weight of 50 ounces or more when unloaded, a stabilizing brace or similar component. A semi-automatic pistol with a fixed magazine that has the capacity to accept 10 or more rounds. A semi-automatic shotgun that, one, does not have a fixed magazine, and two, does not have any one of the following. One, a folding telescoping or detachable butt stop. Two, a pistol grip or bird's head grip. Three, a fixed magazine with a capacity to accept more than five rounds. Okay. This lady is literally trying to ban everything. Everything I just I know I mentioned this before when I was kind of giving my thoughts before I got into the nitty-gritty of this. I know I kind of said that, but she is literally trying to ban everything. When it came down to semi-automatic rifles, so she's so she's classifying, which I found interesting. She's classifying a a rifle that is a version of a semi-auto. So she said even even a full automatic, where would she say that fully automatic rifle? I got to find it again, but she said, even if it's a semi-automatic version of a fully automatic rifle is to be banned. So that, that will fall under AR 15s because it is a semi-automatic version of a full auto weapon system. She wants to ban everything. And then she keeps stating in, in this bill, she keeps stating 10 rounds. 10 rounds is her limit because she wants to limit the magazine capacity to 10 rounds. So all our standard magazine, all our standardized magazines that we have for our AR-15s or are, are for our AR-15s, which is a 30 round standard magazines. Those are not high capacity magazines. Those are standard magazines. She's trying to, she's trying to ban those. She is literally banning everything under the sun. And she keeps talking about foregrips grips and all this other stuff like that, man. It's crazy. I'm trying to figure out where I left off so I can continue reading. Uh barrel strouse, stuff like that. Component, semi we shotgun. fits grip. All right, more than five rounds. All right. So now I know where I'm at again. Cause I was going back up trying to find that other part I was trying to discuss. So she's trying to ban everything under the sun. She is she is quite literally trying to ban everything under the sun. Everything, everything. She's trying to ban triggers, muzzle devices, threaded barrels. Uh magazines stocks collapsible folding you know braces like you name it she's trying to ban it she's saying you ain't allowed to own any of it but then she has the audacity to say that she is trying to maintain the people's abilities the abilities and rights to keep and bear arms she says she's trying to ensure the rights of the people to keep and bear arms but this is what you're not allowed to have because it falls under the definition of an assault weapon. And that's pretty much everything we own currently now. How hypocritical of you. I can't even say ironic. I don't think ironic applies to this. How hypocritical of you. Senator Feinstein, Feinstein, or is it Feinstein or Feinstein? It's one or the other. I'm sorry if I pronounce your name wrong. I don't like to pronounce people's names wrong. Um, how dare you! The hypocrisy of your statements is appalling, to say the least. Right. So continue on. Uh, we we're we're on shotguns, right? Uh, the ability to accept detachable magazines, a foregrip, a grenade launcher, any shotgun with a revolving cylinder, all the following rifles, copies, duplicates, variants, or altered. Fat similes with the co- the capability of such weapon of of any such weapon thereof all ak types including the following ak ak47 ak47s ak74 akm aks A, uh, ar arm uh, MAC 90 uh misr uh hm uh nh nhm90 n NHM-91, Rock River Arms, LAR-47, SA-85, SA-83, Vector Arms, uh, AK-47, AK Bepper, Wasser 10 and uh, WM, uh, the SAEGA, uh, the AK-47 and ARM, the Norinco, uh, 56S, 56S-2, 84S and 86S, Poly Technologies, AK-47 and AKS, uh, SKS with detachable Magazine, uh, all ar types including the following so essentially she's trying to buy she's trying to ban every ak that's pr- pretty much popular or, or known to man she's got classical ak she got uh chinese ak she has american style AKs. she has sks's anything si- syegas which is uh aka shotgun essentially a Saiga, and uh what's the other shotgun that they have it's uh it, you have the Saiga shotgun that's the AK platform and i can't remember the other one right now it's it's, it's a vepper me but there's another uh shotgun variant of an AK that's not a saiga um, i'm trying to i'm trying to think of oh a vepper so they're trying to ban they didn't did they mention vepers in here so you got a Vepers, right and the saigas so they're trying to ban both of those uh they're they're, they're clearly trying to ban the saiga i don't know about the vepper i will i'm assuming the vepper will fall into that uh falling into that category so they're trying to try trying to ban all ak's right uh ak's and ak and ak style shotguns now they're going to get into all the ar types including the following so let's go into the ars which is going to be everything under god's green earth right so ak's i mean ars uh including uh ar-10s ar-15 Alexandria arms Overmatch Plus 16 arm light m15 22 lr uh 22 uh uh, LR Carbine, Armalite M15T, Barrett Recce 7, uh, Barrett AR, uh, Beretta AR70, Black River, uh, Black River, I'm sorry, not Black River, Black Rain Ordnance Recon Scout, Bushmaster ACR, Bushmaster Carbine, uh, Carbon 15, Bushmaster MOE Series, Bushmaster XM15, uh, Chip of Firearms M4 Rifles, uh, Colt Match Target Series. Core uh, rifle systems, Core 15 rifles. I think that's the Zev rifles, if I'm not mistaken. Because isn't it might be the Zev rifles, but I could be wrong on that one. Daniel Defense M4A1 rifles, Devil Dog Arms 15 series rifles, Diamondback uh, DB 15 rifles, Double Star AR15 uh, AR rifles, DPMS tactical rifles, DSA ZM4 uh, carbines, Heckler and Koch MR556. Uh, high standards uh HSA-15 rifles, Jesse Arms, Jesse James Nomad AR-15 rifles, Knight Armament SR-15, Lancer L-15 rifles, uh MGI Hydra Series rifle, Mossberg MR tactical rifles, noring firearms, BN36 rifles, Olympia Arms, POF USA, POF, USA P14, uh, P14 rifles, Precision Arms AR rifles, Remington R15 rifles, Rhino Arms RF, AR 5, AR rifles, Rock River Arms LAR15 rifles, SIG Sauer SIG 516 rifle and MCX rifles, Smith and Wesson MP uh uh MP15 rifles, Stag Arms uh AR rifles, Stern Sturm Ruger, Sturm Ruger and Company's SR556 and AR and AR556 rifles. And the list goes on and on with these rifles. FALs, uh ar 100s uh, Tavors, Caltechs, more Sigs, more Springfields, more Rugers, Thompson submachine guns, Uzi's, uh, g- gets in the sub submachine guns, Uzi's, uh, why am I going blank? Uh Chris vectors Scorpion Evos. Crinks, Yugos. The list goes on and on for these rifles. Uh, Galil's, old and new. Galil Aces and the old school Galil's. It has on here Max of all types. Uzis, MP5s. Man, you name it, it's on this list. This is ridiculous, man. This is ridiculous. Like like I said, she's trying to ban anything and everything. And I'm not even going through all of everything. I got tired of reading. But it's just list it's just pages and pages of banned firearms. It just goes on for pages. And then it starts after it goes on into that for pages, it starts breaking down even more what's not allowed per per item. It starts getting into muzzle devices and stuff like that. Man, she is uh she is after it all man she is going for the gusto and i there were some articles out there uh, that i was reading and that i kind of glanced over that she is claiming domestic terrorism is one of the reasons why this needs to be banned she was mentioning groups like uh the three percenters and the oath keepers and the proud boys as reasons of domestic terrorism of uh, for the banning for the need to ban these firearms um uh, that's what they're using, but she doesn't bring up Antifa and all the domestic terrorism they've been doing uh, over the, uh, the BLM and <clears throat> George Floyd protest, over the two billions worth of property damage that they did during the summer months of, of rioting in this nation. She doesn't bring up any of that nonsense as domestic terrorism because Antifa, if they like to use it when they need to use them, it's just the idea, but there's no there there there's no outright. Uh, discussion and speak of them when it comes down to denouncing their, their actions. I will completely denounce the actions that happened on the Capitol. It was stupid. It was dumb. And it shouldn't have happened. It was people acting. It was a small group of people acting upon their anger of what had happened during the election. That's what it was. And it shouldn't have happened. And it didn't It didn't help anybody's cause. It definitely didn't help their cause. It just made Trump look even worse who they were supposedly trying to help. So it didn't help anybody. It was a bad day in American history and it shouldn't happen. And I'm never going to say that. I'm never going to approve of those actions, never going to approve of those actions. Nor will I approve of Antifa's actions and the BLM riots, because what did it solve? You got to hold people accountable on both sides of the aisle. You just can't hold somebody accountable because you can't you can't hold one person accountable, not the other one, because it fits your ideological, your ideological and political mindsets. That is fucking wrong. Point blank. And this is why I don't like this. And this is why I am kind of get upset about this. And I wrap this whole thing up and I'll give my final thoughts here in in a second. But it's complete and utter bullshit because that shouldn't happen. There has to be. Equality under law and both should be denounced equally. Senator Feinstein and all the other politicians that supported uh, the BLM protests slash riots. I want you to see you denounce that type of violence. You denounce that type of violence and, and the violence that happened on the Capitol and remove the troops off and remove the troops from the Capitol and, stop acting, and start acting like you got some common sense. Then we can talk business. But this fear mongering and all this other nonsense that you're doing and the removing and stripping of people's rights is fucking ridiculous. And I will stop you at every means and every means and motive opportunity that I can, because that's what's important to me. All right. I'm going to wrap it up with my final thoughts. But this this bill is ludicrous. I'm going to look through this whole bill and read it all through. But what's, what's presented here is ludicrous and just ridiculous. I'm going to get into my final thoughts here in a moment and wrap up this podcast. All right. Um, getting. I went into a little rant towards the end of there. Uh, my apologies, because I got a little heated on that situation. I just want I just want equality, equality in everything that we do. That's the way I was raised under the guys under under the concept not the guys but the concept of equality you have to treat everybody equally you have to denounce everybody equally when they do wrong and you have to praise people when they do right that's why i roll that man it ain't no it ain't no if ands or buts there's no middle ground for me that's the way it should be and that's the that's the standard i hold myself to and other people to. and that's why i said what happened on the capitol was wrong and was stupid and it helped nobody it just drove this It drove people further away from each other than closer to each other. And the rhetoric that these politicians spew, and it is rhetoric, it is it is not anything policy driven or makes any common sense. It is rhetoric for their tribes. It's disgusting and is going to tear this country even more apart than it is. Their words are divisive in nature and help no one. Help no one. And that's what people need to realize about about it all and this is part of my final thoughts is that we need accountability from everybody that means for me if i say something wrong or if you want to challenge something i say you have every right to and you should hold me accountable i expect no less that is that is either from the left or from the right for whatever ideological mindset you come from i respect that and a final and i respect that and that's and that's necessary at the end of the day these legislations that they're trying to put in place, H.R. 8, H.R. Uh, 1446, and uh, legislation S, we're just going to call it the gun ban of 2021, uh, is and is is in a complete infringement of our rights. And we have to stand up against it and fight it. Now, we've already lost a fight, actually two, H.R. 8 and H.R. Uh, 1446. Now. We can't lose the war. We lost the fight. Can't lose the war. That means we have to let our politicians know, a.k.a. those Democratic and Republican senators. That we don't want this. If you live in a Democratic state and have a Democratic elected senators and you're a, you know, you're a moderate conservative or whatever else. But you enjoy your your rights to keep and bear arms. Let them know. Write a letter. I don't care. I'll even make a template so you can send it. You know what? I might end up doing that. Just send a I'll I'll create a random template so you can send it to whatever politician that you want to let them know that you to let them know that you disagree with what's going on when it comes down to this legislation. So you can just insert your name and copy and paste, insert your name, make sure uh insert your name and sign it at the bottom and call it a day. Insert their name, insert your name, and send it to them. Because We have to speak up. We have to let Democratic and Republican senators know that we do not want this. Because if not, if we can't change minds within the Senate through our action, through our through our petitioning, we're doomed because these these two. Bill, not bills, these two legislation that got passed in the House, which I knew they were going to get passed in the House, H.R. 8 and H.R. 1446. They are precursors of uh, of what is to come. They are precursors of what is to come and what is to come is a gun ban, registration and confiscation. Bottom line, dog, I don't know what else you want me to tell you. Those are Straight facts. Straight facts. So we have to be ever vigilant and on our game and ready to defend our rights to the bitter end or we will see them disappear. That our rights will no longer become rights. It would turn into a privilege. And then what would you do next? What are you prepared to do? How are you prepared to defend yourself? Is the question. And I don't know if many people know that. I know what lengths I'm willing to go to. Like I said, like I stated before in another podcast, I already have a pre-written letter designed. If I ever get my weapons confiscated or if the ATF or whoever else comes to decide to knock on my door that I have a letter rewritten on my computer, pre-written on my computer for the firearm policy, NRA, American uh, Firearms Association, and um, what's the last one I'm trying to think of? Gun Owners of America. The only thing I got to do is send it out, asking for help, because I'm going to do everything legally to defend my rights first. Legally to defend my rights first. And then after I have to go from then I'll go from there. But we got to do everything legally and right, correctly first. We got to fight, man. People need to know where they sit at. I don't think people people I think a lot of people just just kind of spit the idea, the ideological thought line. Of like, I will not comply. I ain't turning nothing in. But they're not, they're not willing to face the ramifications of what that might mean. You know what I'm saying? They not willing because I feel like a lot of the people who say that within the firearm industry, when somebody goes knock on their door and they say, "Hey, give me your stuff," they're gonna give it to them. That's my personal opinion. I could be wrong. I would like to be wrong because this this, this is a power that Americans have, and they don't realize. If Americans decided. To not do something as a whole, there's nothing the government can do about it. There's literally nothing the government can do about it. If all the gun owners in America band together and said we will not comply as a whole, what could the government do? What could the government do? Fight up, uh, kill, kill, kill innocent Americans over some firearms? They could. It ain't gonna be worth it though. It ain't going to be worth it. And I don't think they would. I think they would back up. I feel like firearms. It's kind of like the prohibition era. Because there's a big parallel there. And what's going to happen. If they turn firearms. Because they're not trying to. They're not. They're not trying to do like they did with alcohol. And just make it an amendment. And ban it right. In the constitution. That they end up having to revise later. They're trying to do something much more nefarious. They're trying to keep it in place, but restricted to oblivion. But I see a lot of similarities. If you look at prohibition and you look at the gun, uh, the gunfight that we're that we're in right now to keep it to keep our rights, it's a lot like prohibition. And what's going to do is going to drive law abiding citizens underground, and we're going to have our own version of speakeasy. We're going to have our own versions of of, there's going to be certain clubs and stuff like that that are going to go black market, not black market in a bad way, but underground. Right? We're going to have our own speakeasy, shooting ranges. We're going to have all this other stuff that's going to force us underground, and we will not comply. And and it's going to be prohibition all over again. And it might be bloody, and it could be dangerous for this country. These politicians don't care about us they don't they don't care about what's best for the american people they don't care about this constitution because their actions prove they don't their banning of the speech proves they don't their their attempt to to ban firearms proves that they don't care about the constitution they only care about maintaining and possessing more power Because they feel like they are the arbiters of truth and that they know better than us and that they can tell us what to do. That's what it breaks down to, man. And it's so disheartening because I love this country. I'll do anything for this country. I'll serve this country and I'll I'll serve it again in a heartbeat if they needed me. I wanted to do more for this country. I wanted to do so much more. I wanted to serve longer, but I got out because my ex-wife asked me to get out of the military but I love this country and I serve this country and I'll serve it again. I'm trying to serve it now by doing everything to make sure we can keep and maintain our rights, not just the second amendment rights, but our first amendment rights and our fourth amendment rights and our our third amendment rights, all the amendments and all, all that the, the bill of rights and the constitution grants us. That is all I'm trying to preserve. No more, no less. And I am a constitutionalist. And I believe in this constitution. But I believe we need to hold people accountable to the American people because they work for us, but they don't do they don't do anything to benefit the American people, but only things to enrich themselves. And it saddens me and it disheartens me. Because we need better. The American people deserve better and we're not getting it. They give us table scraps. Like we're peasants and I'm not a peasant. I am a man that is free and has the ability to make his own decisions and to deal with those consequences, and repercussions equally and without fear. That is who I am. And I would never bend the knee to, to this type of authoritarian mindset and concepts because that's not what free men do. That's not what my people did when they were enslaved in this country and when they were trying to escape to freedom and they sometimes fought for their freedom with, with slave rebellions that got got squashed. They, we understood the concept of what freedom, what freedom was. And I'll never, I will never betray it now. Never betray it now. I'm not saying that this country is perfect. I'm not saying that we don't have things we need to fix. But it takes all of us. Admitting our faults. Recognizing the past. Not dwelling on it. But recognizing the past. Admitting that past. That's dark. And that's uncomfortable. And moving forward. As a country. Together figuring out ways to heal. Heal. And unify. That's what we need. Not this nonsense, man. Not this censorship and this banning. It's, it's, it's not. It's only going to drive us further down the rabbit hole. That's what scares me, man. That's what scares me. All right. Those are my final thoughts. Like I was saying before, be smart, be vigilant, be ready to defend your rights. Educate people. Let them know the truth, man. Get this out there. Get this information out there. The more information that we have, giving good information to the people, the more informed decisions that we can make as a country. Because I do not believe that Americans are dumb. I believe Americans are smart. And if you give them the right tools to make proper decisions, and we get out of the tribes, and understand that we're all in this together, and we just might have differences of opinion. I think we'll be the better for it. All right. Uh, that about wraps it up for this week's podcast. Going to wrap it up with my clo- uh, with my little closing. And that'll be pretty much about it. All right, fam, that about wraps it up for this episode of The Gear Room. On this week's episode, we covered H.R. 8, H.R. 1446, and Senator Feinstein's gun ban legislation. Last week's onslaught of legislation will have potentially heavy ramifications for for firearms owners if they become law. Be smart, stay vigilant, as always, and get involved. As always, links will be in the description below. This is your boy Drew from The Gear Room, and until next time, peace.